Hello and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Root of BTN, and we are back with another episode of the Take 10 Podcast, another summer episode, and it's another episode where you get to hear less of me, which might be a good thing, uh, depending on your, your point of view, and uh, a little more of my colleague Brent Urena, who for the second time this summer, pinch hit for me on an interview when I was out of town. So Brent got the keys once again to our our featured interview for this episode as Devin Gardner, the former Michigan quarterback, was in Chicago and in the studio and uh, swung through offices for an interview and uh, Brent handled it like a pro as always. So Brent uh, got his feet wet on the Take 10 podcast about a month ago, a few weeks ago, when uh, he filled in when I was gone to interview Bruno Fernando and uh, that was awesome. That worked out well. So when I was out of town this past week, Brent filled in once again to, like I said, interview Devin Gardner about a, a variety of things for about 15 minutes. Um, Gardner, like I mentioned, played at Michigan. Uh, was number 98 under center. Definitely remember that unique number he wore. He talked about why he wore that number with Brent. Talked about playing uh, in unique countries like Japan and Canada for football um, after his, his NFL career and talk about a variety of other things as well. Um, moments that especially stand out like when he uh, helped out JT Barrett when the Ohio State quarterback suffered a scary injury and uh, actually met Barrett's family in the aftermath of that incident. So cool inside stories from Gardner and uh, also, like I said, cool of Brent to be able to help out and um help keep this podcast moving during a busy summer so after the interview with Devin Gardner we had a regular call for the culture segment this is where I come into the show and uh, chop it up with our producer Colleen we do it every week or every episode here on the show or at least we try to um, where we talk all things at the intersections of sports entertainment pop culture social media and everything that's really going on um, on the edges of sport and pop culture. So a lot of fun talking to Colleen, chat with her for about 30 minutes and just a two-part episode today. So we'll get right into uh, the interview with Gardner first and then follow it up with Colleen. So lead us off, it's Brent Urena interviewing former Michigan quarterback Devin Gardner. And that interview with Devin starts right now. Well, for starters, just uh, why don't you let us know what you've been uh, up to since uh, your Michigan career ended. Uh, I got a chance to play with the Patriots and Steelers, and then uh, got hurt with the Steelers, got a chance to go to Japan, the most unlikely of places to play football, got a chance to enjoy that and enjoy their culture, uh, experience something totally new, totally different. And last year I played in the CFL, so I've kind of been all over the world, kind of, and, and because of football, which is why I love it so much, right? It's opened up so many doors for me. And now I started a program where I'm kind of mentoring young men, young quarterbacks, young receivers, young skill players, and just trying to show them the way, you know, not not only with their skills, but mentoring them in how to think and how to move and how to how to make sure that they aren't, you know, the, the statistic that, you know, the great player or the guy that isn't as talented and, and, and just loses football because of one bad decision or things like that. Where, what's the best place you've been to where football's taken you as far as you said, been all over the world? Right? Uh, Japan was amazing. Tokyo, it's it's like, it's like the, I know they say Vegas is a city that never sleeps, mm-hmm. but Tokyo was amazing. Lights and just getting a chance to meet a lot of different people. Uh, 
and, and it's a lot of English speakers in Tokyo, surprisingly, you know, so it was good to move around and learn to communicate, especially when you're not in Tokyo and you're like in actual Japan and you got to learn to communicate with people who don't speak English. And it's almost like talking to a baby who hasn't learned to talk yet. You know what I mean? And so they're looking at you like you're crazy and you're looking at them. And it's just like, but we're going to figure this out. And I think I did a pretty good job of that. And it helped me now being able to relay my message to young kids like my youngest kid is four years old that I work with and it's like that four year old doesn't know a lot of different words he doesn't know a lot of he doesn't know anything honestly and so and for you for me to be able to relay my message has been great when you think uh, Michigan Stadium what do you think about the biggest stadium the best stadium in the world right I mean it's nothing like it uh, I had the pleasure of playing in, in front of 115,000 which was the biggest crowd ever at that time and and you get to a certain point where you've played in a number of times, and even though it's super loud and it's like a, it's like silence, right? You kind of have peace, mm-hmm. and, and then like you say, you score a touchdown or the game ends, and now everybody reappears and it gets super loud. I mean, it's it's probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever experienced. What is the one signature play of yours at Michigan, and would you talk about it? Uh, signature play. Uh, my favorite play would probably be uh, Northwestern 2013 overtime. My my, my only uh, game winning touchdown like up to that point. Even though I played a lot of football, high school top player, but I never had a game winning touchdown. And for me to get my, in my first start in the big house at quarterback, a game winning touchdown. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday up the right sideline in the corner, and then like just getting embraced by the teammates. And then after the game, you know they're carrying me on the shoulders. It's like. Is this is this gladiator? Am I, am I the greatest? You know what I mean. It, it, it was kind of most, one of the most amazing feelings ever. What was it like watching Denard Robinson in practice? <laughs> watching Denard Robinson in practice was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I, I, I always tell the story. Uh, Tom Gordon, one of our safeties, uh, I think from 2009 to 2014 uh, or something like that. He's chasing him, and he has great angle. Denard doesn't see him. He's running in practice off a of blitz. So Denard doesn't pick it up until the last second, and then he just darts off, right? He darts off running, and, I, you know, the offense stands behind, and, and I'm, I'm, the, I'm the backup quarterback standing right there, and he runs past me, and I kid you not, my, my shirt, like, flutters in the wind when he runs past. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, I'm just like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, why is my shirt moving as if, like, he's, like, uh, in a car driving past on the freeway? And then Tom Gordon obviously missed him because uh, you, you can't plan for that type of speed at, at, a, at a moment's notice, especially when it looks like he doesn't even know you're coming. So he, he was the most amazing athlete. I, and, luckily, and then he's my roommate. So now I'm just walking, coming home embarrassed all the time. Like, why am I not a good athlete after being such a good athlete my whole life? Please. You played quarterback. You played receiver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I think about your career, <clears throat> there's obviously – the success, yeah. wearing number ninety-eight as a quarterback, yeah. Yeah. and then the JT Barrett thing. Yeah, let's talk about the JT Barrett thing. How did that did, did that just seem right to you? Like, how were you the one person there? Did you know JT? Just yeah. talk about that. Actually, I never met him. Don't didn't know the kid. I just knew that he was a young kid that played well and that worked hard. Obviously, from the play so well, you you don't work you don't not work hard and get that much you know uh, success at such a at such a young point in his career. And uh, when it happened, I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, he's down way too long. And, and when, as a competitor, like I am, you don't want to beat anybody not at their best, 
right? And so when he's down there so long and then the, the car comes out and you know that's never a good good sign. Uh, I saw it happen to Fitzgerald Toussaint. He broke his leg in the, in the game and the car comes out and, and you know, that's – that's something that you don't want to see happen, not to yourself, not to anybody else, not an enemy, you know what I mean? Because we, you know as an athlete how much you put into this and for it to be ended on one instant and one play, even though you know that's a possibility, it, it's crazy. And so when I, when I, when I saw it, I'm a, I'm a believer. And so when I went, I just had to you know, pray for him and just let him know, right, as an older guy, I know there's going to be adversity and this is probably going to be the most adverse situation you're going to face to, your point, your, to this point in your career and that he will be okay. Right, and so uh, he was okay. He did pretty good. I think it's because of me. You know, I gave him some encouragement. He came back strong, and uh, he, he, he had all the records at Ohio State. Like, he, he did really well for himself. Obviously, I had nothing to do with it. But, yeah, like, like you said, I felt like that was, that was the right thing to do. And uh, I, I would want somebody to feel that way and, and do that for me uh, in, in my time in the was he surprised to see someone in maize and blue there? Can you tell if he was surprised? I don't even know if he knew. You know, when you get injured like that, it's like you're kind of like in the days maybe. And, and he's like, yeah, I don't even know if he knew it was me or anything. I'm sure afterward he knew. Funny story, uh, the Ohio State game two years ago I went uh, at Michigan. And uh, his parents stopped me in the parking lot. And they walk up to him and they're like, hey, what's up? And, uh, you know, I'm at Michigan Stadium, so people go through all the time. I'm like, yeah, how you doing, you know? And they're like, you don't even know who I am. I'm like, uh, um, they kind of put me on the spot there. And they're like, yeah, we JT Barrett. So I'm like, I gave him a big hug, a big embrace. And still to this point, never met their son aside from, you know, going out on the field that time. And they're like, man, uh, they really appreciate what I've done for, for their son. Even though, you know, I, for me, it's like I didn't even do anything, right? I just did you know, what, what I think any human should do because at the end of the day, we're, we're competitors, but we're still, you know, humans. And, and, you know, that was awesome for them to, you know, come up to me in the park lot and I'm hugging these these Ohio State fans and guys look like, what is he doing? And, you know, and then we lose the game. It's like, oh, my gosh. But it was awesome. And uh, I, I really enjoy that type of competitiveness where you can have respect but also compete fiercely. That I could see that being a moment where some Michigan fans would kind of be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Did you hear any of that from people? Uh, you know, they always have, like, the fake articles and stuff and, like, saying that I said, like, nasty things to them. So I had, like, some of that back, back uh, blowback, I guess. I, but n- not really. Not, not too many Michigan fans, I don't think. You know, I'm, on Twitter, you know, I try not to read all that stuff. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure some, some guy who isn't very intelligent and not very, you know, aware that life goes on and, and life is much bigger than just uh, the game, which for sometimes it feels like it's not. The game is life, and, and that's the end, but that's not true. And I'm pretty sure somebody did, but I didn't get a chance to see it. In an ideal world, what position would you have played at Michigan for the full, full time? Yeah. And what kind of career do you think you would have had? In an ideal war world, the first time I got in the game when Denar Robinson seemed like he got hurt, but he was actually just tired, and then I hiked the ball, but the fans were so crazy that I the the, the entire offensive line or nobody on the field heard me because I'm the top guy coming in. They're like, oh, my gosh, we've waited all this time. He's finally in. That wouldn't have happened. I would have got the ball. I would have scored up 75 yards or however long it was. And then from there, I would have just set every single record that you could possibly set at the University of Michigan at quarterback. But then somehow my friend Denar would have been able to set all the records too, maybe doing something else. How about just talk about number 98? The Obviously had a significance yeah. with the University of Michigan. But just as a quarterback, did that seem 
weird? Was it a... So, the, it's crazy. I actually consulted Denard before I wore it. I'm like, hey, Denard, they want me to wear 98. And he's like, man, that'd be pretty That'd be pretty dope. Like, that'd be something that's never been done. You'll be remembered forever. But the, the, the fact that they thought that I was the type of guy that would wear that number, right, because it was the last number to come out. And uh, they hadn't found a guy, right? Who's the guy, right? A great athlete, a great guy, uh, a leader in the community. You know, different things that, that embody what Tom Harmon was. I mean, he fought in a war. His fighter jet crashed. Everybody dies, and he walks away. You know what I mean? That's, that's the kind of toughness that he had. Uh, he's the only player to get a standing ovation at Ohio State Stadium, right? He played so good. And, and, and so stuff like that. For, for his family and the University of Michigan to look at me and say, hey, he embodies a lot of the same things. Maybe not all of it because I can't fly a plane. But he embodies a lot of the same things that my dad uh, for Mark Harmon uh, embodies and that one of our story you know, players for the University of Michigan embodies. And so, I mean, that, it was amazing for me. And it was a no-brainer. You know, I just called Denara for courtesy, like kind of to brag. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, what do you think about me wearing 98? You know I'm wearing 98, right? <laughs> you know, it, it was kind of more of that. But it, it was amazing, man. And and a lot of people don't know the story behind it and things like that. And they're just looking like, what is this guy doing with this big number on? But uh, if you actually delve into what what it's all about, I mean, it's it's probably the biggest honor, I think, that the University of Michigan has. And, and it can't be done anymore. So, I was last. Sure. Uh, finally, you're a Michigan man. Yes. Have you gotten Michigan baseball fever? I am so excited about Michigan baseball. Because over my career in Michigan... I did not go to a whole bunch of baseball games, but I went to a lot of softball games, right? Everybody loves winter, and softball was amazing with Coach Hutch. She's doing her thing there, and, and they are always a force to be rec- reckoned with. Nobody saw this baseball thing coming, and if somebody says they did, they're not telling the truth. And, and it's amazing to see the entire Michigan fan base and the Michigan community uh, come together and kind of support you know one single thing. And I think that's people call it the Michigan difference, and it's so real. And, and just for everybody to know, I don't think there's a university that's doing as well as Michigan. You know, New Year's Six Bowl for football, Final Four regularly, you know, Sweet 16 for basketball, uh, Frozen Four for um, hockey. I'm pretty sure our golf team is doing very good. Uh, Tennis team, uh, our our tennis player, our female tennis player is phenomenal. Um, Obviously, softball is always amazing. I mean, we're kind of clearing the board as an athletic institution, and so... Obviously, everybody knows about the academics, and, and it's amazing to be a Michigan Wolverine right now and to see where we're going, right, and especially where we've come from, right, where we weren't as good athletically just because of a lot of different circumstances. It's it's an exciting team, too. And it's, yeah. I don't know if you heard uh, Coach Bakic's comment about he wants his team to look like the United States of America. Yeah. It's it is. Yeah. And it's so exciting. Yeah. It's just a, I mean, refreshing for baseball. He is a kind of an amazing guy. I I, I judged him in Dancing with the Stars uh, last year. Not not this past year, but last year, Dancing with the Michigan Stars for the Chad Tuff Foundation. Uh, my first time getting a chance to meet him. He's pretty new as a coach. And, and just to see his enthusiasm about that, right, it's something I'm doing. I'm going to give it everything I got. I, I knew that at some point. Uh, Michigan baseball is going to be, I don't, I don't want to say maybe say back, but they're going to be relevant. And, uh, yeah, they're relevant. It's happened. Yes, very well, relevant. I called it. Yes, you did. Yeah. All right, thanks once again to Devin and Brent for their time. Really appreciate it. And um, it's good to have Brent having my back because anyone who works here knows there aren't many people with as deep of a Big Ten encyclopedia in their brains as, as Brent has. Uh, he can recall any moment in the BTN era, especially those iconic ones like the JT Barrett one he talked about. 
with Devin and uh, just a deep wealth of knowledge rattling around inside Brent's head. So appreciate him and appreciate Devin's time. All right, we'll toss it over now to myself and Colleen Degnan for our weekly Call for the Culture segment. Get into a variety of topics. NBA free agency is a hot topic right now. Obviously, um, all the waves that it's making on the court and in the social media streets, we get into a little Women's World Cup talk, and we talk about acceptable and taboo 4th of July practices or traditions. So let's get right into it. Toss it over to Colleen and call for the culture. All right, we're back with another call for the culture on July 1st. We're in the middle of summer now, pretty much. I guess not technically on the calendar, but it feels like it. Colleen, how's it going? We're back after about a 10-day hiatus. I am doing well, yeah. Happy done with the first half of 2019. Yeah, we're done with uh, the first half of the year, like you said, and we're done with college sports here at BTN. It's much later than usual because Michigan baseball made a historic run, one that I don't think anyone really saw coming. And uh, they made it all the way to the end of the road in college baseball, and, and, and they fell short in the very last game of the season, um, game three of the College World Series final. But I think you got to you know tip your cap either way to Michigan. It was just awesome seeing them make that run. Oh, definitely. And something we, we, we don't pay that much attention to baseball, I would say, come Jul- June and July at BTN. So that was really fun. Yeah, because we're not used to it, yeah, right? We never have had it. We yeah. haven't had an our, our tenor here. Yeah, but, so uh, it changed the schedule a little bit of some, some uh, employees here and we put in the overtime because Michigan baseball is doing work, and you just got to really appreciate, I think, now that the 2018-19 academic sport calendar is behind us. Appreciate what Michigan was able to do this year. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'll leave some of the smaller sports out, so apologies for that. But um, looking at the big picture, they made a New Year's Six Bowl. They made the Sweet 16 in basketball and were one game away from a national championship uh, after being the f- last four in to the NCAA baseball tournament. So... I know there's high expectations at Michigan with football, you know, falling short when it looked like they were going to maybe make a college football playoff and beat Ohio State finally didn't do that. And they lost to Michigan State three times in basketball and and didn't go maybe as far as some people thought when they opened the season winning 17 games in a row. But zooming out and looking at the big picture, that's an awesome, awesome sports year and and one that a lot of schools would envy. Um, And definitely a lot of schools in the Big Ten would envy and would take in a heartbeat. Absolutely, and new new coaching coming in, and seeing former coaches move on to greater things. So. Yeah, it was interesting, like you said, beyond the court, just had, uh, with Juwan Howard coming in. So we talk a lot of Michigan sports, I know, and and fans of other schools might get sick of it, but it's well deserved. And uh, once again, shout out to the baseball team. Um, let's shift gears a little bit into some some more summary talk and and uh, update on why it's been uh, a little over a week since we had our. Our last show. We're trying not to leave too many gaps here. Yeah, welcome back from New York. Yeah, yeah. I was in New York City last week, um, doing some, I guess you could say, sports media, sports business uh, meetings, and, and trying to establish some connections with our peers and colleagues in the sports industry. Went to a little conference out there, and uh, while I was gone, as I addressed at the top of the show, and as you just heard with Devin Gardner. Our uh, fine producer, digital producer, Brent Urena, filled in once again, pinch hit again. He's two for two now, filling in this summer for me and uh, pulling off a, a fun interview. So he was able to talk to Devin Gardner when he was in while I was away. And uh, I got to say, Colleen, while I was in New York, saw some cool things that we can uh, aspire to here with our podcast setup. Because right now, 
you know, we're sitting here recording on uh, not the finest equipment, you know, not the worst either. You make it work. But um, we were at the Bleacher Report office, I think, last Monday. Bleacher Report is obviously a leader in sports media, especially in the digital space. And they had a sick podcast studio that I was able to check out. So I showed you some of the pictures. Um, and I, I want to I want you to hear your thoughts on if you could spruce it up a little bit here. What would you get? Like, what's your what's your wish list for a podcast setup? Probably a bit more comfortable seating. Really big fan of some <laughs> chairs, like some comfy couches, maybe some throw pillows, some a, a lazy boy recliner, maybe. Uh, oh, absolutely. Maybe some props, you know, around like it gets for you some uh, Wisconsin Badgers gear, Portland Trailblazers bobblehead or something like that. Oh, love it. If you see like the Dan Patrick show or Dan Levitard yeah. show, they have all of their swag stuff lined up. So, uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, what's we, number one on your wish list? We can here. work on that. Um, the microphone situation could be beefed up. I think we can work on that. That's something we can do, I think, heading into the football season this fall. I think number one, though, for you and me and for the benefit of the audience, get some cameras in here. You know, so people can see our faces for once. That's what they had at Bleacher Report and, and a lot of other places. But I think, you know, we can make some videos. I don't know if they'd want to see that or not. But, it, hey, something to aspire for. Yeah, no. I mean, come on. You have some confidence. We can, we can get on camera and do the same thing, I think. It'd be fun. We can, uh, I guess, integrate some uh, some memes and we can become become a visual podcast. So, how's it Love sound? it. Love it. All right. Podcast of the future. Put, put it on the wish list. Maybe get it up and running coming soon. We'll see. No promises. Um, but, yeah, moving on to, I guess, the current news of the day. Um, Monday, July 1st means that NBA free agency is less than 24 hours old. And the league wasted no time in providing us some content to talk about. So what jumps out at you, Colleen? I know you're a big NBA fan. It's probably your most favorite professional sport 100 percent. oh my gosh yesterday was the best sunday ever i couldn't like look at my phone for one hour and i got back and so many things had happened and so dame secured staying in our beloved portland we've traded out a lot of my big 10 allegiances evan turner's gone so you got into the ground floor when all the big 10 guys were there now that they're gone you can't leave oh no i'm in it i'm in it myers leonard is gone mo is gone seth curry is gone but hey, we're we're sustaining Rodney Hood, who was a huge help in playoffs. We oh, and Nez Kanter is gone, so that's going to be interesting. Um, a lot of movement. A lot of movement. I'm not mad about it though. We're like going to stack up pretty sustainably throughout the West. And like we were just saying, the, so far, what's happened? Like, what what's been the most surprising thing for you? Well, one, I think even looking at it from outside of a uh, player and league standpoint. What you, all you just said is is spot on because the NBA, this is how they own the summer, right? This is how they can oh, so much pretty much yeah, maintain their status as a year-round league. But what's interesting to me is surprising not only from you know just like a observer angle, but just from a, a social media angle as well. How yesterday, like you said, when you s- stepped away for an hour, everything was, was breaking. I think it was about 2 or 3 o'clock on Sunday. Um, it was shared, I think, Adri- Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, tweeted that Kevin Durant would be making his announcement on his show, right. The Boardroom, which is the ESPN Plus subscription show that's under their subscription umbrella of content. And then, like, I guess the news couldn't wait because before that even had a chance to happen, the news broke that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant would be teaming up in Brooklyn, and obviously that makes any announcement on Kevin Durant's Boardroom show obsolete. So it kind of surprised me that... Adrian Wojnarowski, an ESPN employee, 
still broke the news and kind of spoiled the ESPN show that they were probably driving people to tune in. I don't even know like what was on the show because nobody cared at that point. So that always fascinates me from like a sports media angle. It's like what is it, the discussion there is like Wojnarowski given free reign just to be a journalist and break news or were there some people at, in ESPN's headquarters that were like, well, dang it, I wish you would have waited. Red? But then if he waits, Something. then I'm sure plenty of other right. reporters will, will scoop him on it because there's, there's a, a ton of NBA reporters out there that were breaking news on Twitter alongside Wojnarowski. So. Well, I think I did hear that Katie still got like a bump of hundreds of thousands of followers really? for a show. So okay. like, we're, he's fine. But also, like, shout out Woj. Like, his fingers must be exhausted. <laughs> he has been spinning out so much news these past 24 hours. It, it's fascinating what the NBA, how the NBA reporters have become entities in themselves. You know, like they're, they're now personalities. They're now woven into the sport. Like Stephen A. Smith is less a reporter. He's mainly a character, a storyline himself. When the Knicks, so true. R.I.P. <laughs> when the Knicks, <laughs> the bottom fell out. The Knicks Stephen master a. plan to bring Kevin Durant to New York. Well, I guess he is in New York, just not in not <laughs> not in Manhattan. Um, <laughs> When the plan fell through, like everyone wants to see what Stephen A. Smith's reaction is because he's a character. He's like he's part of the show now. It's like almost like WWE. He's the heel or the uh, you know just the star of, of a certain segment of the storyline. So it was a lot of fun. Um, and beyond KD and Kyrie, I wondered if you had any big names. Obviously, Anthony Davis of the Lakers, um, a Big Ten tie-in. D'Angelo Russell is going to the Warriors from, right. from the Nets because he's, he's pushed out now with Kyrie there. Anyone else? Any big names on the move that... Uh, well, I know we both are talking about how we just don't want to see Kawhi go to the Lakers. Yes. So more so, I'm just rooting against that. Elaborate on that. Why do you not want to see I it? just don't want to have to go through another super team ordeal. Right now, it seems like the league's going to be really balanced and it's going to be super competitive. And I just think it'd be way too easy. I think he either has got to stay in Toronto, do it again, mm-hmm. or go to the Clippers. I completely agree that I do not want to see him go to the Lakers because, like you said, it seems like now, after the Warriors' reign, at least a complete dominance seems to be over. Everything's kind of evened out a little bit. The Eastern Conference has gotten a lot stronger. You've got Milwaukee and Brooklyn and Philly in the East, um, you know, looking like they'll be strong for for years to come. Um, Stars have kind of migrated away from certain cities. Jimmy Butler went to the Heat and then... You know, obviously, the Lakers are going to be a lot better than last year with Anthony Davis, and um, you know you still have, you can't forget about teams like the Thunder in the West. So just the overall balance of the league is much better. It seems like everyone that's a contender has a chance to win. You still have the Rockets to worry about in the West. Um, the to Mavs, I think, are going to yeah, be yeah, they're going to be a fun it. young team to watch, and it, it's just going to be going to be interesting to see that play out. Assuming Kawhi doesn't go. To the Lakers, like the Raptors again, will be a huge force if Kawhi stays. They'll probably still be pretty good if he leaves, but Kawhi is kind of that that balance uh, in the Eastern Conference. And and I just don't, I just want to see a year or two, like who knows what's going to happen down the road. I just want to see a year or two where there's true competitive balance in the league. Agreed. And go back to some intense rivalries. Yeah. Like. If, if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, the drama will be awesome. I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be plenty of storylines regardless, but. I agree. I want to see that balance sort of restored in the NBA. And it's a balance, honestly, I shouldn't even say restored because look at who's won the NBA title in the last 25, 30 years. Like the Bulls won six of them. The Lakers <laughs> have won a bunch. The Warriors obviously got got a few. 
And the whole idea of kind of uh, parity is, is a little bit of a myth. So it's interesting to see this kind of unique state of the NBA because, like I said, it's usually one or two teams that, that have reigns of dominance. The Raptors kind of were the first team in a while to break that up. So even when the Cavs were going to the finals every year, yeah, they only won one, but they were a dominant team right. in the Eastern Conference. Right. LeBron was in the, the finals every year. So it's going to be interesting. And it brings me to my next question, Colleen. Um, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here, but if you had to pick a second team in the NBA to follow, like if you could pick team number two, but the Blazers are obviously your number one team, who would it be? All right, so totally not trying to be cliche, but I would love to see the Bulls become what they used to be. I mean, they've got a pretty likable roster already, and after seeing Kobe's endearing press conference as his teammate got selected while he was giving a press conference, like, that was the best thing ever. So I want to support him. Yeah, what was Kobe saying over and over again? He was like, for real, bro. Wow, that's love, man. That's love. And I was like, oh, my God, I support you. Yeah, like, I'm not sure what to think of the Bulls. I, I, You know, be careful what you wish for about a second team there because – um, it's been tough to be a Bulls fan, especially lately. Absolutely. However, you know, they like you said, they have a likable like core. Wendell Carter Jr. Like I wanted, like I'm really sad to see Rolo leave. To be quite honest, yeah. Robin I, Lopez is joining his brother. Yeah, on the adorable. Back he was to great. The he was like a second mascot because yeah. he would like play along with Benny the Bull. His and all hair that. is just out of control. Yeah, he but, was awesome. Uh, I, and I also think it'd be fun to have stake in a team that's local. So a my mm-hmm. bedtime can remain a little bit better than <laughs> right. staying up for the Western Conference all the time. Plus Benny the Bull, best mascot. <laughs> of course, so. Yeah. Yeah, and like a like go to the UC like yeah so I'm gonna say second team Bulls but back at you okay um they're kind of your first team I yeah say. they're my first team I would say I've always liked the Thunder even going back to the Kevin Durant days I like that it's like the small town college basketball vibe and and the whole you know state really r- rallies around that franchise um I, I didn't really like how they came off after the Blazers series, like Russell Westbrook kind of came off as a heel in that series. But I, you know, I I still like him. I like swag. I like Paul George. Um, It feels like they might've missed their opportunity to break through, but now with the West being a little more even, you never know. Anyone can, can win a playoff series. So I've just always liked the thunder. I haven't heard much chatter of them right now during free. Cause they haven't really made any moves and they don't need to cause Paul George signed and they have Westbrook still. And And they're keeping QE Steven Adams, right? I think so. I haven't heard anything about him. Um, the Bucks are a fun team. I like Giannis, but it's a Wisconsin so team. It's a Wisconsin team, and they're in the Bulls division. So I don't think that would be like a Fair. reasonable a reasonable pick for me. Conflict of interest. The Jazz are an intriguing team. Um, they're they're adding a lot of cool pieces, and they have Donovan Mitchell. Just an overall kind of fun team. I'm trying to think. Like the Celtics got Kemba. We forgot to mention that, but and they've got some young Big Ten talent coming their yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carson Edwards is going to be on on the, the yeah. Celtics, so they should be a fun team to watch. Um, but yeah, I think I would say the Thunder, probably. Um, I don't really have strong ties. Or I will say that the Raptors, I've always liked them. And even though it's kind of jumping on the bandwagon after they just won, uh, they stay loyal throughout their playoff fails, their kind of humiliation that they suffered at the hands of LeBron. And it paid off. Like Jurassic Park was still packed all those years, and, and it wasn't just like it filled up during their finals run. Right. So I like the Raptors, I like the Thunder. Uh, unfortunately, I'm stuck with my bulls right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, bottom line. I but it's don't... a fun discussion to have, you know, like oh, who's your second so team. Fun. So fun. I also just don't want to have to wait now till October for this all to start up again. That's why the NBA is a year-round league. we got some, summer leagues it. right around the corner. I, I think it's like it. next week. So I'm sure that'll, <laughs> that'll provide a, a chance to watch our, our Big Ten alums and see uh, who sticks and you know, who, who goes overseas. So that'll be fun. Um, I want to get out to summer league someday. That'd be a That'd be big, fun. great trip. Maybe, uh, maybe next year I can... 
<laughs> put it Swing on Swing it. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. figure it out. All right. Uh, this team is not our second team. It's our first team in all of our hearts uh, across the country. Let's talk a little bit about the Women's World Cup and the U.S. Women's National Team as they're steamrolling through uh, through the tournament. Classic Megan just showcasing such leadership for the women. We actually we, we watched uh, the game together. We did, following Friday. our company picnic. Yeah. Um, we only caught the second half, but that was all, that all, was we, all we needed. To see, really. yeah. Yeah, they were up 1-0. But yeah, after our company picnic, a big big crew rolled and uh, watched the women defeat France in what was kind of the de facto title match. If you I listen know. to some people, some people right. think that that was it. Uh, but we got another matchup uh, against... England. Yeah, Revolutionary War rematch. Yeah, <laughs> perfect in With the Redcoats yeah. coming up. We've got Independence Day coming up. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah it's, a, it's a big deal. Is that, that's You're on Tuesday. Some tea in the sea this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, but That's yeah, on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it's tomorrow. So yeah. So yeah, for the second to today. So if you listen before two p.m., this might be outdated. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and pencil them in as a, as a win. You know, it's it's. I don't think they've trailed in the whole tournament. They've allowed like two goals in the whole tournament. They're rock stars, and I love they're it. Continuing to roll. So shout out to the women's uh, World Cup. As we were sitting there watching the game, it just made me even more mad that. We were robbed of a whole summer last year of, of the men's team uh, games, too. Because, like, okay, it's great to have the women playing right now, but we just had a whole non-existent, you know, summer of World Cup soccer last last year because the men failed to make it. Like, we get it this year, but you could get it two out of every four years instead of just one out of every four years. Now we're going to have to wait until 2022 when it's in Qatar and I don't know if you knew this, but the the tournament is in November. Right, because so, of the seasons. Yeah, so we're going to have we're going to have – we actually talked about this the other yes. day. We're going to have football going on. We're going to have basketball going on. This just doesn't work on. with my timeline. Yeah, it's like, this is great because there's not a whole lot going on in sports right now. We can all focus on the so World Cup. So much on them. There's no, not going to be any summer bar parties in 2022. We're going to be <laughs> squeezing in World Cup matches between our NFL watching and our college football and our Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving planning. <laughs> and I don't even know, like, Qatar is not on a great time schedule I don't think it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be like eight hours ahead and we'll probably be watching at 1pm I don't know it's just lame like come on <laughs> men's national team really blew us narcissist sports fans yeah. here really wanted it to you know work out for us <laughs> exactly so um, I guess I guess, away, I guess Italy, some time. Italy didn't make it either uh, last year like, it's, it's not unheard of for teams to, to be left out but um, you know just a bummer and uh, we'll have to Enjoy this women's run while we can. I know. So, Fingers crossed for them. All right. Good luck, USA. Uh, watch it on Fox, obviously. <laughs> um, you mentioned it a second ago, Colleen. Let's turn our attention now to the reason why we get even more time out of the office coming up this weekend, the 4th of July. America's beautiful. Uh, America the Beautiful. <laughs> America the Beautiful. Uh, yeah, happy birthday, America. Yeah, it's, it's actually funny. There there was a party going on in my block on Saturday. My neighbors were throwing like a little block party. And I guess it was like a 4th of July early party. I don't know. Like they had like the USA stuff set up. They had like balloons, streamers, cookout, socializing on the porch, all that good stuff. It's like they just decided to do it a weekend early. And I heard them singing happy birthday at one point, and they were bringing out a cake, literally singing happy birthday to America with a flag on the cake and everything. I just thought it was amusing. And I guess they just, I don't, I don't know what the deal was, why they didn't just wait till this weekend, but... I love it. More power to them. So... Get the celebration going early. It got me thinking, 
why don't we, you know how we did the do's and don'ts of summer a couple weeks ago? Yes. Uh, first of all, I wanted to think of a catchier name than do's and don'ts. Everybody does that. So I came up with the, uh, we can dis- distinguish it, yes or yikes, right? Okay. Obviously, yes is... Or yes is or, or yeet is affirmative or yeet yeah yeet or yikes <laughs> and then yikes you know not so much so why don't we designate our yes or yikes for Fourth of July topics or traditions Fine. okay okay so big one for me that I've never really gotten into I don't know about you is buying and setting off your own fireworks that is such a yikes. So yikes for you? That is so much anxiety. I love the rules. There's just no way that I would ever be setting off my own fireworks. Well, like where you where you're from in California and going to school in Wisconsin, is it even legal to do it there? And do people do it? People do it. Okay. But the only time I would say huge yes to when we were so little, I remember visiting my grandparents out here in Illinois, and we would do sparklers. I love in the backyard with the fireflies. Yeah, and that's perfect. Right, because you can trust a kid to hold. They're small and it goes out, and it's also yikes for me. I've never got the appeal of like buying your own explosives and like setting them off. And that just might be, you know, I I just might be too dainty for that. (laughs) But like, I don't need to blow my own fingers off for what? I can watch fireworks that the city puts on. You know, yeah, from far away that that. I'm not paying for anxiety or levels are down, yeah. but I know a lot of people like to do it, and it's just like not ever been for me. I did it one year, I think in college. We had some like low grade ones, and we set them off in an empty field. And I'm just like, this isn't that cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not that. They're not that unless you got a real professional setup. They're not that big. I don't know what you're trying to prove by setting them off, and you might pull a. Uh, was it Justin Tuck or? I'm going to get in trouble here by not getting the right name. But the guy in the Giants, or Jason Pierre-Paul, one of those guys who blew off their finger. They blew off like three fingers uh, a few years ago setting off fireworks. It's like, what are you doing? Literally, you know? I think so, I'm a negative daredevil. So, yeah, that's going to be a huge yikes for me. Okay, so that leads me into my next question um, and it, because it's still on the topic of fireworks. Do you enjoy actually driving? Like, will you drive to a crowded place, kind of the city hangout or gathering spot to actually watch the fireworks is that was that a family tradition or a friend tradition you guys did growing up we always did we drove to the parking lot of our country club and you could see the fireworks that the rose bowl put on oh really That's yeah cool. so it was fun because like yeah it's some like you would know a lot of the families and it'd be after a day of swimming at our pool and things like that so yeah I'm it wasn't of, super crowded i'm kind of in the middle of yes and yikes on this like y- yes in the sense that it's kind of the thing to do on 4th of July now. Like you have to see the fireworks. And if you are lucky enough to live or be close to an area where it doesn't require a big trek, then I'm all for it. What does get kind of old is driving to the location, trying to find a spot, oh, yeah. and then getting out when the fireworks are over is a nightmare all the time. And I just remember growing up, it was always like in an open, big parking lot or field. And there were some years where it was just such a headache getting home. Okay, fair. That so that, that's the yikes part of it. But overall, I think it's very worth it. I mean, I'm a big fireworks guy. We talked about this before. Love fireworks. For, even though I don't like setting them off myself. <laughs> Watching them. Fireworks yes. at sporting <laughs> events and on 4th of July makes everything awesome. I like, completely agree. Yeah, okay, so. apparel while watching and participating in 4th of July. Are you a yes or a yikes on America outfits? I'm a yes, I think. Okay. I used to do it more... Growing up, like I had some USA like Olympic gear. It's a good time to wear yep. the Olympic gear. I'm never. I'm not gonna be like the USA swimsuit or jorts like flag jorts guy. And I know you can kind of get into me- some messy waters there. Where like, is it even 
within the, the flag code or whatever to wear it. You know, it's like, oh, that's kind of a debate that's topic, but like nobody really has a, a problem with that. You see it everywhere. Um, no, I'm for the I'm for the wearing the, the USA, the red, white, and blue on 4th of July. If there's ever a day to do it, it that's the day that. to do it. Correct. How about you? Um, I've definitely purchased America swimsuits, so yes. <laughs> okay, there you go. See, I don't go I that far. I think I've grown out of that, but uh, a cute headscarf or a bandana. Yeah, a little, little something, a little nod, you know, to, to Lady Liberty. And absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm a yes on that. Um, here's another kind of tradition I, I think people do. If you can't make it to your neighborhood pool or if you don't have a, a nice pool in the backyard, can't make it to the lake, how do you feel about the blow-up inflatable backyard pools um, that you fill up with the hose? For the, for the sake of, like, sitting in it? Yeah, like, doing it on the 4th of July. I feel like that's a big thing. You know, if you're ever going to fill the backyard pool up <laughs> with the hose, this might be a little more uh, for our rural friends. But I was going to say, I don't want to sound super pretentious. But that's going to be a big no for me. That's a yikes. <laughs> it's a yikes for me, too, because I I think I, we might have had one when I was little, like, a little pool that you sit out in. I don't remember actually doing it ever on the 4th of July, but I feel like... This would be a, a Although time if it's like really it. hot, maybe like putting a chair in it so yeah. your feet are constantly but cold. Like, the thing is the water is not like chlorine. Yeah, it's just You're a lot just getting of... dirty probably. Bugs get in there, you can see them. For the sake of your feet or keeping beverages cold in for the inflatable I, pool. I'm a big fan of putting the beverage and putting filling it up with ice yep. and putting the putting the refreshment, whatever that might be for you in there. Um but yeah, as far as filling it up with some hose water and just like never really done it for me yeah that's gonna be yikes. sprinklers too like i really grew out of those fast okay sprinklers in the sake of a slip and slide ordeal though huge Ooh, yes yeah slip and slide's good i loved a good slip and slide i haven't done one in years but years our awesome. parents would hate it because it'd get the backyard so muddy muddy you get grass on you everywhere then you sl- then you go into the pool after and then you get the pool dirty yeah. it's just all right but so fun all right and one more which i, I know we're all going to be in unanimous agreement on this but uh I have to give a big yes to the 4th of July falling on a Thursday. Best case scenario. That is a blessing. Absolutely. I mean, this year we're lucky enough. We should actually rank the days because Thursday, I think, probably has to be the best, right? Because Day of the week or holiday day of the week? Just for the 4th of July because oh, yes. almost everyone, unless you work for some sort of evil empire, will give you the Friday off, right? Because, I mean, who's going to make you come in on Friday, the 5th of July with a Saturday and Sunday? So I say Scourge. that I say that assuming I think they were. Yeah. Going. <laughs> I know. I was like, is that we'll verified? But for us? <laughs> uh, I think if you're so. listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of people are getting a four day weekend, which is true. awesome. It gives you the full three days to recover from the fourth, right? Like sometimes people true. have to go back to work on the fifth of July. Nightmare. That's that's awful. Um, then I think having the fourth fall on a Friday would be the next best, right? Which or we get next year. Friday or Monday. So we'll at least get the yes, a Monday. But then again, then again, you, then again, you might have to come in on the right, fifth. but then you probably celebrate on the third. True, and and then people might give you the Friday off too. So Depends. true. So, I think as far as like four day weekends and maximizing yeah. your potential time off, Thursdays can't be beat. Yeah, the worst is what we had the last couple of years when it's like on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and like yeah. it's just awkward trying to fit that holiday weekend into the middle of the week. So, this is awesome. We got to enjoy this. This comes around once every what six years or something yeah. like that. So, <laughs> it's like a leap year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Great. So I think we're on to something here. I like the yes or yikes yeet or format. Yikes. Yeet or yikes. <laughs> you can do yeet or yikes, too. Um, yeah, I love that. Let's apply it to, to other things as we go along. Okay. All right. Solid talk. One more thing, Colleen, that you wanted to get to. We've kind of gotten away from doing your ads of the week. I know. But this is still kind of like, I think this falls under that category, like a marketing campaign or like a, a brand success. Brand success. And also, I saw this and the, I thought of you. 
Yes, this for good is reason. So on po- brand of Alex Rio. For those of you who don't know him, he is obsessed irrationally with Taco Bell, and so big fan. I was just you know perusing the web, and apparently they're doing a pop up Taco Bell hotel in Palm Springs this August called the Bell. I'm a big fan of the Bell. Um, is Rooms, it just a pop up or it's they, just a pop up? Oh, I it's, thought it was like an actual hotel, which that makes is sense. way more fun. Yeah, it makes sense. That, like you probably couldn't sustain a business model with a. Full-time Taco Bell. I mean, that although, sounds like a little bit like Disneyland. Yeah, you know although, what I mean? Who am I to, you know, who am I to assume that? Maybe you can. But it's also just so perfect because everyone, it's all about exclusivity. The room sold out within two minutes of this going online. I remember seeing it on Twitter like a month or two ago and like tweeting, uh, when, where do I sign up? Or like, when can I book my stay? Um, I don't know why like, I like Taco Bell so much other than the food is good. Obviously, it gets some <laughs> crap for like, you know, being fast food or whatever. I don't, like, I don't care. I went to Taco Bell this weekend. I go a lot. <laughs> less now that I'm out of high school like we would go probably once a week at least um, for our open lunch in high school we could drive to lunch and I love the whole the whole concept I think Taco Bell in all seriousness has done a great job of basically modernizing their their brand right they, they took advantage of the fact that a lot of young people like it and instead of just being a fast food restaurant they've opened up just to interrupt. We've had like so many sounds I going know. on in the background. There's sirens outside. Oh, I get so There's nervous. drilling going on in our building. They're renovating the whole building, so it's making me cringe. But back to T Bell. Um, the <laughs> more importantly, do you hear this? Yeah, what's, it's, what's it's really it's sad. I hope everyone's okay. I know we're on the eighth floor, but um, the sirens carry into it. We're gonna power through though. Um, but yeah, back to T Bell. So they started opening up these cantinas a few years right. ago, right? Like the smaller, more hip. Uh, Taco Bell establishments and I think there just used to be two right like there's one in Las Vegas which is an awesome Taco Bell if you haven't had a chance to go go to that one and there was like one or two in Chicago and now they're all over the place we have like five of them in Chicago at least maybe more and I think they're all over the country now so they've done a great job of staying relevant I see their advertising everywhere especially on like late night um shows which are perfect because it's like what's open right now right fourth meal no that's great well since you're the Taco Bell master what's the go-to order Good question. Um, so for some reason, I've always had an attachment. I think because I got it when I was little pretty often, the uh, chicken quesadilla. Okay. Just a solid chicken quesadilla. They started introducing the cravings boxes when I was in high school where they would pack in like a burrito, whatever the featured item was, like a Crunchwrap Supreme or a Gordita Crunch. <laughs> then you get a burrito and a taco or maybe like a, a Doritos Locos taco on top of that with maybe even some cinnamon twists. <laughs> and then your drink has to be the Baja Blast. If you can if you can finesse the Baja Blast into a Baja Blast slushy, which is actually at a lot of the cantina locations now, do it cuz it's the best slushy you'll ever have. And I don't know if you've had the Baja Blast, but it's like the Mountain Dew uh exclusive flavor just for Taco Bell. So, um you got to get that if you're at T-Bell and no other drink really compares. And um other than that, yeah, I think Beefy Five Layer is a classic. As you can see, I'm very I'm getting deep into the weeds here. I love it. I mean, if Taco Bell, you're listening, hook this boy up. Yeah, come on. That's, maybe we can get a sponsorship for the, for the podcast. There How sick go. would that be? I would, you know? Or be even so a voucher. Into. Just give him a $5 voucher. He'd be pumped. I'd be so into that. Um, all right, Colleen, what's your order? <laughs> I don't know if I can even name anything besides the Crunch Crunchwrap Supreme. What about the Chalupa? That's like a classic when they had the little dog doing those ads. Oh, my God. I'm embarrassed to say I totally don't remember those. It was, it was we were really, like really little. Little? Yeah. I mean, I will agree with you. Of all the fast food, it probably ranks at least in the higher spectrum for me okay. so i support this and i just really wanted to um bring that to your attention well one more fun fact before we wrap up i wore um my taco bell hat yesterday 
So I have a hat that has a Taco Bell logo and it says Las Vegas underneath it because I bought it off the head of an employee at the Taco Bell in Las Vegas, <laughs> their, their, fra- their uh, flagship franchise or whatever on the strip. Because I had gone there a couple years ago, saw all the employees wearing it. I was like, I need that hat. I think I offered like 20 bucks or something. The employees declined and I figured it'd be online somewhere. I could find it. It was not. So I knew when I went back to Las Vegas in uh, this past winter that I needed to come back with a, a Taco Bell Las Vegas hat. I think I offered like $30 to an employee. She talked me up to 35 I bit. And uh, <laughs> now I'm the proud owner of a Taco Bell Las Vegas hat after I washed it. Uh, uh, good call, good call. Yeah. So Sometimes it's just one necessary. Of, one of my favorite hats. Maybe you can, you, it's like unique. It's like it's, a little, love it. Yeah. Unique. You got to support it. Brand loyalty. So good talk. Um, might get some Taco Bell on 4th of July if, I, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if the, the hot dogs aren't hitting. Then I'll um, I'm have to swing swing by the, the bell. But um, Colleen, enjoy your holiday. I'm hoping we'll be able to get back and squeeze in an episode next week after the 4th before another hiatus potentially um be out of town again but uh we're gonna keep cranking them out over the summer as often as we can sounds good have a great holiday all right all right thanks again to colleen brent and devin for contributing to the show this week really appreciate it uh, we'll try and get another guest in next week as well Try and work around these summer schedules. Talked about it with Colleen. The four-day weekend is going to be sweet, uh, but it also might inhibit our podcasting schedule. So we'll do our best to get another guest on soon and keep these episodes rolling through the heat of summer here on the BTN Take 10 podcast. Shout out, as always, to producers Wes White and Julie Bronder. Make the show what it is every week by stitching it together. Really appreciate them. And, of course, we appreciate everyone out there who tunes in. Happy 4th of July, everyone, and we will talk to you next time here on the Take 10 Podcast.